0: 7 podcast. Uh, my guest today is ComSol's Vice President of Sales, Phil Kinane, and he's here with us today to discuss simulation led design. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Phil.
1: Thank you very much, Brian. It's great to be here.
0: Great. Uh, well, as I said, we're going to be talking about simulation led design, and we've seen an increased focus in the industry on promoting this, this idea. Uh, you know, from your perspective, how successful do you think these efforts have been?
1: Yeah, I think those efforts have been very successful. And, and I think you can see that if you look at sort of the statistics of, of the computer-aided engineering or CIE market. You can see that, uh, that there's been an increase percentage-wise usually in the double figures uh, for all of the software that is bound within the CIE market. And 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 that the increase in um, or the growth, if you like, of, of of the usage and of of the industry itself um, is far outpaces sort of other indicators such as inflation or or productivity rates. So it's fairly obvious that um, uh, simulation led design is becoming more and more integral to a large number of organisations and companies. Um, and the reasons why I think would be because the computers, of course, are getting uh, a lot better. They can handle uh, far greater and bigger and more complicated models. Uh, they can also um, uh, do so in a much uh, faster pace. So if, if you take a step back, if uh, if you can model something that's a lot larger, and if you can model it quicker, then, of course, um, the, the answers, the data, whatever it is, the use from that model that goes to other parts of the company are, are going to be of much greater quality, therefore, you're going to make use of that. But for us as a company where we uh, and a software where we have concentrated on being able to model phenomena where many different types of physics are coupled to each other, uh, multi physics applications, the ability to be able to look at the different physics and how they react to each other and affect each other has been increased because of the ability to be able to. Do far more computations now than you used to be able to do before. So back in the day, when um, engineers or simulation engineers had to just concentrate on a specific physics, the main, the most important one, maybe it's structural mechanics, maybe it's fluid dynamics, uh, they would also have to more or less uh, ignore or um, assume some values for other participating physics in their application, so that they could actually get an answer for the physics, which is of most uh, importance to them. Now they don't need to do that anymore. Now they can consider all of the physics that affect a a certain phenomenon. And that means, of course, that you get a much more accurate uh, solution. That means you can say with a a greater fidelity uh, how a certain component is going to react or how a certain process is going to, can be controlled in a a much more efficient way. And so it's fairly obvious that if you can do that, then you can start um, saving on costs, optimizing your devices, optimizing the amount of material, optimizing the amount of energy that needs to be put into a a process, and which all, of course, leads to saving money.
0: Uh, Do you think that there's more work that needs to be done than to make simulation more accessible uh, so that more people can take advantage of these benefits?
1: So uh, I've been involved in this industry, the CIE industry, and with console multiphysics now for 20 years. And so I've seen it go through the uh, the period where the the computers and hardware and so forth um, that are able to or that are used to do simulation have gone from uh, rather rudimentary or, or quite um, slow and clunky, if you like, uh, to now where everyone's accessing the cloud. You can do parallel processing. Uh, the size of a model that you can say uh, solve in a reasonable time now is um, orders of magnitude greater than what you could do 20 years ago. Not only has it uh, been because of the uh, increase of the ability of hardware, but also because uh, algorithms and, and our programming abilities have also increased. So research has been done during the last 20 years looking at solvers, looking at uh, different ways in which you can set up the numerical methods that... Um, uh can uh, allow a much um, larger model to be solved and or to be solved in a in a far quicker rate and i think that these things will continue to occur but um if we take hardware for example I, I don't see any sort of huge uh shifts if you like than maybe what i saw 10 years ago when when um single processes went over to multiple processes and where parallel processing was occurring Um, Maybe they're on the horizon, maybe something like um, quantum chips or something like that will um, kick it along uh, or take it up, uh, get past a certain threshold so that we're looking at even more computational power that can contribute to simulations. But, um, But if we are to sort of take a step back from the technology, we've done a really good job with the technology. Now, maybe it's time to look at the use of that technology. And it's it's a situation where why why should a company, why should an organization be reliant on a, a few experts that are that are great at simulation, that are great at the physics, that are great at the numerical methods, uh, but there's only a few of them. And a large number of the engineers that are reliant on the data that comes from simulations, maybe they're working in the design department, maybe they're working with the manufacturer of a product or a component, maybe they're running a process. Uh, They're not exactly um, conversant in all of the different aspects of simulation, but they're still very smart people. They still know what it is that they're working with. Some of them have been working with it for 10, 20, 25 years, and they have a lot of experience, which they can contribute to the overall sort of optimization or development of that component or or process and the like. So why not give them simulation? Like if you, um, you know, just to get sort of rather philosophical about the whole thing, you know, books and reading and literature was once the purvey of, of a few people throughout the world that, uh, you know, basically you had to write out a book and copy a, a book and then give it to someone else. And then that person could read it. But the masses uh, were all illiterate and they didn't have the ability to uh, to, to make use of the, of the power of books and, and, and literature and the like until the printing press came along. And when the printing press came along, bang! You know, suddenly everyone um, uh, had the had the reason, had the initiative, and then had the ability to be able to read. And if you could do that, then they could read so many, so many, 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 many more copies of the same book, and everyone can t- uh, partake in that knowledge and so forth that that book gave them. In the same way, why can't models be like that? Why should they be the purvey of the one or the person that is the expert? Why not give uh, the ability to do simulation, the ability to understand the data, the ability for you as the person who requires that data uh, to, to input um, new figures, new conditions, new operating parameters that, that affect the, the process that you're working with and, and you optimize it rather than having someone sitting in another building or some expert whose time is very valuable doing it for you.
0: As we move into 2021, do you see any you know, new trends or factors in the industry that are going to, that are going to you know, increase the use of simulation and, and encourage that kind of democratization that you're describing?
1: Um, I, yes, certainly. Uh, from thinking about um, how to build simulations in a, in a completely different way than what we've done so far and so so far we we consider the model of a a certain component or process uh, as a whole and so that everything that's involved in that model has to be uh, accessible available can be changed uh, and and that requires you to have the knowledge about everything that goes into a model that can be changed just to make sure that they are all um are working symbiotically with each other but if um if you as say the expert could put together Uh, some type of piece of software that takes away a lot of that complexity and and instead gives me, as, say, the uh, operator or the design engineer, uh, a piece of software that's actually quite easy to use, very intuitive. It it only has a a user interface where all of the different input uh, uh, menus and windows and so forth are are parameters that I understand, that I know – uh, how they should be reacting according to other inputs that I put in there, then that I believe is is the way in which and and I'm seeing it where we're doing it ourselves, of course, we call them simulation apps, but but that is how I see it uh, spreading from uh, just just the few to to the many.
0: Uh, circling back a, a little bit on hardware, uh, are you seeing in the market uh, you know an increased use of high performance computing resources? In a simulation environment that can you know, help sort of enable a lot of this.
1: Yeah, well, HPC of course has been uh, integral to solving bigger models faster. There is uh, also, and uh, which is which I've already sort of addressed, I, I believe, in earlier answers. And so that of course is important. But the the uh, but the important part of that fact is actually the ability to do parallel processing, the ability to to write the algorithms and and the methods and so forth that can either split up a rather complicated and large model so that it can be solved in parallel on on many processes. Um, But uh, HPC also uh, gives a a far greater and easier way for for networking. And so offices or units or or different organizations can all communicate with each other uh, a lot more Effectively, and when I say communicate, I'm not necessarily talking about email or anything like that. I'm talking about passing data from, from one you know source to another source, and and through there, then um, it, it allows you to be able to um, to partake of uh, innovation and 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 models and simulations and the like that someone else in your organization has done that has done in a say another completely different part of the world. So I, I see HPC as being a fantastic way in which, if um, if there is some standardized way of building simulation apps or models for that matter, but basically simulation apps that are really easy to use, then if you have a, a bunch of similar engineers, let, let's say they're operators of a certain process, and these processes are, are being run throughout the world, but the same engineers, the same types of engineers, are, are running these processes can all access the same type of simulation app, then they can start communicating through um, the inputs and the outputs and the data and so forth that these simulation apps provide them with their um, colleagues and so forth that are working on similar processes. So I I see HPC as being able to solve much, much bigger models, much faster, but also by being able to collaborate between um, uh, different units within your organization.
0: Uh that's a good segue because I know there's a new release of console multiphysics. Uh, how are some of these trends being reflected in the console platform? I know that that, you know, that app approach has been a key piece. What else are we seeing?
1: And so the app, uh, the app approach as you mentioned is is always it's it's, it's sort of the most the, the biggest thing that we've been working with and it's starting to to uh, take hold within the market. Now we're finding the customers that aren't coming to us because of the reasons of that we can model something that they can necessarily build a complicated model. It is of course always the the fundamental to uh, assimilation has to be the model. But uh, people are starting to come to us uh, for the main business reason of being able to use the apps, being able to get uh, a much larger number of people within their organization participating in simulation, communicating with each other, communicating back to the expert who built the model from the, in the first place and, and and that's why they are are quite happy to to use Comsol uh, or you know maybe even move some from some other software to console because of these reasons. Uh, but there there are other things that are, are also involved. Um, the, the The general development of, of our software uh, continues apace. We, we improve uh, solvers and meshing algorithms, um, not by just a few percentage, but usually from release to release, we can increase their speeds by 30 50% sometimes. Um, and, uh, and then we also branch out into different types of multiphysics applications, ones that uh, have always been way too difficult to model once upon a time, where you just basically tried to assume uh, behavior that's coming from certain physical phenomena concentrate on a single physical phenomena so we we have a new product for example the polymer flow module now polymer flow has also been has been out there for for quite a long time and there's software that has been able to model it in 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 your casting and so forth of of polymerization processes and components that come from polymers it's been a lot lot harder to have these types of material properties that are the polymer Uh, be explained in in far greater detail or with far greater accuracy because of the contributing other physics that are involved. So temperature is a a physics that's usually very important in polymerization processes, uh, but also stress, structural stress, sometimes uh, chemical reactions. And so all of these types of things can now be included um, rather easily, can be used by... Basically, anyone who works within that in uh, within that industry, because of of our ability now to be able to solve more and more complicated types of applications.
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Phil. Uh, and we'll see you next time on the De Twenty Four Seven podcast.